What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. My name's Jonas and this is episode 20. Yes, who would have thought that we would have made it to 20 episodes. So uh, really happy to be here today. Uh, it's a bit of a bumper episode. Uh, of course we're going to be looking at our weekly NXT UK episodes and NXT. Uh, they were shown on the WWE Network on the 23rd of January. We'll also be taking a look at the cars from NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the WWE Rumble, both taking place this weekend. We'll have a, look, a little breakdown of the matches, have a look at the card uh, for both of them two shows. I'll give you some predictions on how I think some of the matches will go. But also as part of this episode, we're going to have an exclusive interview with Sean McMahon. Now, he is the founder and CEO of Nothing Else on .TV. And he's also a UK promoter for Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling. So we're going to be talking about uh, the, the wrestling, uh, his love and fascination for wrestling. A little bit about his project with Nothing Else on .TV. And all that fun stuff, so that'll be coming up later on in this episode. However, back to NXT UK from the 23rd of January. The show starts with a recap of NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, where Jordan Devlin viciously attacks Travis Banks, not just once but twice, putting him out of action prior to their match that night. However, tonight Travis Banks gets a chance for redemption, as he and Jordan Devlin finally goes one-on-one in this week's episode of NXT UK. Before that match, uh, we get to see the reigning NXT UK champion, uh, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne, of course, as he comes out to greet the fans for an in-ring promo. Uh, Dunne gets an amazing reception from the fans in the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool with loud Bruiserweight chants from the fans. Remember, Pete Dunne has been the WWE UK champion since May 2017 and he is up to well over 600 days as champion. Then we get the entrance from Joe Coffey and the rest of Gallus. Joe Coffey is sporting a big, big old black eye uh, from their encounter at TakeOver Blackpool, where both men went through the ringer in that classic matchup that will be remembered for a long time. Coffey starts by saying that TakeOver didn't change a thing. This is still very much his kingdom. Uh, Coffey tells Pete Dunne to look at the title uh, that he has held for over 600 days. He tells him to take it in, enjoy it, because we all know whose waist it will be around by the end of this war. And if anyone else has a problem with that, then they can get to the back of the line. Just then, the music of Walter starts, and yes, the ring general comes out to loud Walter chants as the big man comes down to face uh, Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne face to face. Joe Coffey has to be held back by the rest of Gallus as Walter steps inside the ring. Coffey eventually leaves, leaving Walter and Dunne in the ring together. However, it appears that Wolfgang and Mark Coffey have their own ideas, only to be quickly beaten and sent packing by the Bruiserweight and the ring general. That leaves the champ and the ring general who lock eyes on each other as Dunn's music plays to end this segment. I think we'll get to see Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn have a rematch. However, Dunn and Walter is the big one. And I, for one, can't wait to see that match. And as I said last week, that match deserved to be on the biggest set in the biggest stage. And I believe there's no bigger setting than NXT TakeOver New York during WrestleMania weekend in April. So let's make it happen. Then we see assistant to the GM Sid Scala announcing that NXT UK will be in Phoenix for the World Collides Tour, where five wrestlers representing NXT UK, NXT and 205 Live will battle it out over the weekend-long tournament in Phoenix. Sid goes on to say that uh, they will also be taping three episodes of NXT UK while they're over in the States in Phoenix over that weekend. 
just then we see Zach Gibson and James Drake, the new and first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, come into the picture. Gibson says that they will talk when they want to talk. And next week, they will, we will all receive a champion's address from the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions. But for now, Sid Scala was told to jog on. So there we have it. Three episodes of NXT UK will be taped over in the States over TakeOver and Royal Rumble weekend. No doubt uh, during the Royal Rumble access, um, we shall find out very soon. Speaking of access, as you heard from Sid Scala just then, uh, this weekend over in Phoenix will also be where we will see the Worlds Collide tournament being taped with Tyler Bate, Zach Gibson, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin and Mark Andrews representing NXT UK. Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP, Humberto Carrillo and Cedric Alexander representing 205 Live and Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee and Shane Thorne representing NXT. That tournament will be shown on the WWE Network from the 2nd of February and we will also be covering it here on Wrestling With Johnners. Then we have our first match of the night, Nina Samuels versus Lana Austin. So Lana Austin is getting her NXT UK debut in this match against Nina Samuels, who we've covered quite a lot on NXT UK and Progress reviews before. Austin connects with a nice European uppercut and a basement drop kick on Samuels. Samuels hits a well-executed drop kick to the back of Austin for a two count. Austin makes a brief comeback with a couple of clotheslines and a running uppercut, followed by a knee strike for a two count of her own. Austin's offence doesn't last for long, however, as she gets a run into the ring post before being slammed off of Samuel's shoulder for a fireman's backbreaker, which she calls the prima donna for the pinfall victory. We then see highlights of that epic match at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool in the finals of the tournament to crown the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions between Moustache Mountain and Drake and Gibson, with Drake and Gibson walking away as the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions on that uh, epic encounter. Radzi's seen backstage talking to Tyler Bate and Trent Seven after that match. Tyler says that they came up short by not winning the match for the Tag Team Championships and the goal is still to be the next NXT UK Tag Team Champions. They may, not, may, they may be down, but they are certainly not out. We then see Radzi catching up with Tony Storm. and She says that she chose to take on the NXT UK Women's Championship because she loves this brand. She says that the Mae Young Classic helped her to realise her dream and as she beat some of the greatest female wrestlers around, from around the world and now she is the NXT Women's Champion. Our second match of the night is Eddie Dennis versus Jamie Ahmed. And Dennis doesn't waste any time. He launches himself at Ahmed with a running forearm in the corner. And despite a brief comeback from Ahmed, Dennis levels Ahmed with a stiff clothesline. Dennis throws Jamie Ahmed over the top rope before sending him flying across the ringside area with a solid forearm before slamming his opponent hard onto the ringside area. Ahmed makes a brief comeback with a series of lefts and rights before catching Dennis with a sweet right foot. However, that, that offence doesn't last for too long as the powerful Welshman powers Ahmed from the second turnbuckle with a decent superplex before executing his next stop driver for the win over the spirited Jamie Ahmed. That match wasn't as easy as Eddie Dennis would have liked, but the pride of Wales gets to win after five minutes. There's some breaking news from Johnny Saint announcing that Moustache Mountain will take on Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel on NXT UK next week. That should be an outstanding match and I'll be covering that match next week on Wrestling With Johnners. Walter is also announced as making his NXT UK debut next week so it looks as though that show is starting to shape up to be a great one. 
Our main event of this week's NXT UK is Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks. So this, of course, uh, was the batch that never really got started at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. And Banks wastes no time uh, in this match, however, as he dives into the ring to attack his opponent, Jordan Devlin, with vicious punches, kicks and a sweet dive through the ropes to the loud approval from the fans in Blackpool. Devlin tries to make an escape into the crowd, only to be caught by the Kiwi buzzsaw with a solid kick, sending Devlin back over onto the ringside area. Uh, Banks then launches himself over the ringside barriers, diving over the barrier directly onto the Irish ace, and that was a pretty cool move. Banks is pumped after that exchange with with very strong Kiwi buzzsaw chants from the fans in attendance. Devlin then goes after Banks, uh, Banks' previously injured knee, but he avoids Devlin's attack before landing a double stomp from the ring apron onto the back of Jordan Devlin at ringside. Banks lands some stiff kicks to the chest of Devlin, but the Irish ace is quick to react, catching Banks on the middle turnbuckle before drilling Banks with a backstabber to regain control of the match. Devlin executes a backbreaker across the shoulder on his weakened opponent before drilling, uh, dropping Banks with a urinagi, followed by his standard moonsault for a close two count. I love Devlin, the heel, taunting his opponents in the ring and talking smack to the fans. Uh, both men end up on the ring apron with Banks being sent into the ring post uh, before Devlin hits an awesome Spanish fly on Banks with both men landing hard on the floor on the outside. That was stunning and fully appreciated by the fans. Devlin hits a second Spanish fly in the centre of the ring, but before Devlin could follow up Banks nails, Devlin with a fighting spirit lariat turning Devlin inside out. That was a wicked exchange between these two. Both men are down and look hurt as the fans chant NXT, NXT. Both competitors start a striking exchange with vicious forearms and a jumping knee from Banks. Uh, Devlin strikes back with a brutal headbutt before executing a stunning ripcord backdrop driver for another close near fall. I absolutely love that move. Devlin attempts a moonsault from the top turnbuckle only to be caught by a pair of knees from Travis Banks. Banks then sends Devlin into the corner with a running John Woo dropkick before striking the Kiwi Crusher for the closest of near falls of the match so far. This match has been pretty solid so far with both men pulling out all the stops. Banks misses his slice of hell finisher after Devlin collapses with exhaustion, exhaustion to the canvas. Devlin attempts the island's call finisher only for both men to tumble to the outside uh, and under the referee's 10 count, neither man can make it back into the ring and to the loud disappointment for the fans, it's a double count out. As both men come to, they start to slug it out again at ringside uh, as that hour of NXT UK comes to an end. So that episode of NXT UK was okay, uh, with the highlight of the show for me definitely being the main event match between Banks and Devlin. A slightly disappointed end to their contest, but as predicted a few weeks back, this is a feud that will play out on NXT TV, and I'm sure that we'll see a lot more from these two very exciting wrestlers in the coming weeks. Uh, I love the Spanish fly spot from the ring apron to the floor, as well as Devlin's second Spanish fly on the inside, only to be countered immediately after by Banks's wicked lariat. Uh, those two had a great match, and maybe the double count out was the right decision and the right outcome after all, if it means we're going to get to see more from these two in matches in the future. Then on to NXT from For Sale. Uh, this is the uh, 23rd of January episode. And uh, NXT from the 23rd of January is the go-home show ahead of NXT TakeOver Phoenix this Saturday night. 
And as mentioned earlier, we'll do a full rundown of that amazing card towards the end of this episode. The Velveteen Dream comes out to the ring to start this episode with the with enthusiastic chants from the Full Sail Faithful. Uh, the Dream says that he has something special in his sights. He said that the Dream waits for no man and that he has a sparkle in his eyes and he has his sights set on the North American Championship. Then the Undisputed Era's music starts with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish coming out on stage. Cole says that uh, uh, they will win all the gold that NXT has to offer. Uh, O'Reilly and Strong will retain their titles at TakeOver and soon Bobby Fish and Adam Cole will have gold around their waists too. And you, Velveteen Dream, can dream on. Bobby Fish gets on the mic and tells Dream that he needs to live in the land of reality and 2019 will continue to be their year and that is undisputed. Dream tells Fish that he is ready to dispute that claim, but only if it's okay with Adam. Uh, Fish and Cole both dive into the ring to attack Dream, but he's just too fast as he mocks Cole and Fish on the rampway as the uh, as the segment comes to an end there. No doubt setting up a match between uh, the Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish later on in this episode, and hopefully leading to a match between the Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole in the future. We then see a hype video for Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair for TakeOver Phoenix, which should be a great match between the striker and the submission specialist Shayna Baszler versus the awesome athlete and powerhouse Bianca Belair. That was a really great video package and has me even more excited for their match at TakeOver. This is a match we haven't seen before between these two legitimate badass wrestlers that could steal the show on Saturday. We then see the end of the match between Keith Lee and Cassius Ono from last week's NXT, where Ono picked up the win after low-blowing Keith Lee from behind, with Matt Riddle coming out to chase Ono off ahead of their rematch at Saturday's TakeOver. Only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel is up next. So Marcel Bartel has been with the WWE for nearly one year, uh, but he's only been making a name for himself on the NXT and NXT roster um, over the last month or so, I would say. Mostly tagging with Fabian Eichner as part of the tag team known as the European Union. Danny Birch is a wall of fire um, as he gets tagged in with a headbutt and an enziguri on Bartel. When Eichner gets tagged in, he levels Larkin with a wicked 360 Larratt in this ultra-fast paced match. Uh, after another quick tag between Eichner and Bartel, Bartel throws Larkin into the waiting arms of Fabian Eichner, where he powers Larkin into a stunning brain buster, while Bartel levels Birch on the outside with an awesome tope dive through the ropes. Before Eichner slingshots himself onto the top rope, jumping to the next rope, along before executing an excellent moonsault onto Lorkin in the centre of the ring. That was an outstanding sequence of moves. Lorkin manages to roll through on Eichner and Bartel's double team move, turning Eichner over for a single leg Boston Crab before Birch comes in with a running John Woo dropkick, sending Eichner crashing into the corner. Lorkin then slaps Eichner silly before delivering a running European uppercut, sending Eichner to the outside before launching himself over the top rope to take out Bartel and his tag team partner with that one move. We then see Eichner reappearing, scaling to the top tur turnbuckle before launching himself at Birch and Lorkin on the outside with an almighty dive. This match is super exciting. Both teams are outdoing themselves in this encounter. 
to end the match, Eichner goes for a slingshot dive onto Lorkin on the inside, only for Lorkin to avoid the move, rolling his opponent up for the 1-2-3. That was awesome and probably uh, the match of the night, if not possibly match of the week in my opinion. Simply outstanding. Uh, definitely go out and watch that match on the WWE Network if you haven't done so already. We then see a video package hyping up the NXT Championship match between Tommaso Ciampa and Alistair Black, which should be another crazy match at this Saturday's TakeOver. Once again, another hype video uh, that got me even more excited for, the, for this match uh, on Saturday. This was a great video package recapping everything that has occurred between Ciampa and Black, as well as Johnny Gargano over recent months, in what has to be one of the best feuds and storylines in NXT history. We then see Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane taking on Tanaya Brooks and Amber Moon. Mauro Ranallo acknowledges the Jumping Bomb Angels as uh, WWF Women's Tag Team Champions from 31 years ago. And that's something that you won't hear nowadays on the main roster. The more I see of Io Shirai, the more I'm impressed with her moves, uh, her awesome moves and overall talent. Uh, Sane hits Nova with a snap mare before hitting a sliding elbow in the corner. Brooks gets tagged in, uh, but only for her to get drilled by a spear by Sane before Sane tags in Io Shirai. Uh, Io Shirai then connects with a 619 and a springboard missile dropkick. Shirai and Sane combine well as they put their opponents out of their misery with an assisted moonsault for the three count. I was impressed with Sane and Shirai, both legit best friends, combining very well in this entertaining squash match. And this is another reason why I love squash matches, because you get to see the more established talent perform their moves before being given tougher competition. Uh, I've got very fond memories of the likes of Razor Ramon and Yokozuna, as well as many others demolishing their enhancement opposition uh, back when I started watching the WWF back in the early 1990s. This did the same for me in this match with Sane and Io Shirai working well together with some good double-team moves uh, to end the match. It wouldn't be a bad thing to see these two compete for the new WWE Women's Tag Team Championships sometime in the future. I think they make a really good team. The Velveteen Dream versus Bobby Fish is the next matchup. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Bobby Fish in singles competitions since he started in NXT a couple of years ago. I remember, he was out for uh, a year or so with a very serious knee injury. However, he's a very accomplished wrestler, uh, whether it be on his own or as part of the team with Kyle O'Reilly or another member of Undisputed. Fish starts the match strong with a uh, Mai Tai kicks to the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, however, manages to put in a very strong attack of his own, nailing Fish with a springboard dropkick, sending Fish to the outside. Dream follows this up with a double axe handle from the top turnbuckle to Fish on the outside and uh, shades of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage on that move. Adam Cole manages to distract Dream, giving Fish the opportunity to take advantage with a dragon screw, sending Dream into the barriers at ringside. Uh, with that move appearing to injure the Velveteen Dream's leg. Fish hits an Atomico on Dream before going to work on Dream's injured right leg, which uh, Dream was able to fight his way out of, dropping Fish with a second rope dropkick before nailing his sweet spine buster. Bobby was able to avoid the Purple Rainmaker, allowing him to slap on an E-bar, with Velveteen writhing in agony on that move. Towards the end of the match, Dream sends Fish crashing to the outside onto Adam Cole, allowing Dream to execute a Dream Valley Driver before hitting his Purple Rainmaker for the pinfall victory over Bobby Fish. 
That was another fun match with the Velveteen Dream looking set for a feud with the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole in particular in the future. And I for one can't wait to see those two go at it. One final note on that match, I really enjoyed watching Bobby Fish uh, being fully fit again and back in the ring in singles action. And I thought he looked great with Strong and O'Reilly looking set as a tag team and Adam Cole being the leader of the group. I'm curious to see where Bobby Fish fits into it all in the long run. Uh, I'm not sure that he fits into any of the uh, title pictures at the moment in NXT, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Fish in the future. He's ultra talented in the ring, but I can't see him being anything other than uh, anything more than just the fourth member of the Undisputed Era who interferes in matches for his heel counterparts. I hope it's much more than that, of course. Uh, we will have to see. We may see Bobby Fish popping up again in this week's uh, TakeOver Phoenix match when the Undisputed Era takes on War Raiders in their defence of the NXT Tag Team Championships. Nevertheless, the Undisputed Era are very exciting faction, and I can't wait to see them on either Raw or SmackDown before the end of this year. They have already set up two matches for next week's NXT, with the Street Profits facing off against the Forgotten Sons, as well as Kairi Sane and Io Shirai facing off against Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Uh, that last match should be excellent, with both matches possibly taking place in the pre-show before NXT TakeOver this Saturday night. Ricochet comes out to three next to accept Johnny Gargano's challenge from last week ahead of his match with Gargano for the North American Championship at TakeOver Phoenix. Ricochet addresses Gargano saying how two weeks ago Johnny comes out here and talked all this crap about being better but now but not five minutes later like a coward you blindsided me with a superkick. Ricochet goes on to say how the way he sees it, the 2019 Johnny Gargano is the same as the 2018 Johnny Gargano. If you ask me, in 2018, all you did was show the world your true colours, and the only person you care about is your own miserable self. Ricochet went on to say that in 2018, he showed his true colours when he went on to win the North American Championship. He went on to say that in 2019, he went on to be something Johnny Gargano could not be, and that is a champion. Then Gargano's music started, and with Mike in hand, uh, Johnny said that he knows what Ricochet is trying to do by using his emotions against him. And if this was his uh, 2018, he'd probably have rushed the ring like a madman. Uh, but this is 2019, and Johnny Gargano in 2019 always has a plan. Just then Gargano gets into the ring with both men pummeling away on each other. With lefts and rights, Gargano gets kicked to the outside just before Tommaso Ciampa comes into the ring from out of nowhere to blindside Ricochet, sending him to the outside also. Gargano and Ciampa then look at one another before Johnny continues the attack on Ricochet until Alistair Black storms into the ring to take care of the NXT champ with a huge kicks. Johnny Gargano rams Ricochet into the steel ring steps before climbing back into the ring to come to Tommaso Ciampa's rescue by attacking Alistair Black. Johnny lays Black out with a super kick. Uh, Ciampa then goes in for the kill as Gargano lays in the boots onto his takeover opponent Ricochet. Ciampa and Gargano execute their respective finishes on their takeover opponents before exiting the ring, looking at each other eye to eye as they walk slowly up the ramp. Tommaso then extends his hand out for Johnny to shake and just as it looks like he is about to become one with Ciampa once again, Candice LeRae runs out to prevent Johnny from shaking Ciampa's hand saying that we are not doing this again. That was an 
Yeah, that was an uh, excellent segment. Um, a great segment to set up the two key matches at TakeOver Phoenix uh, on this go-home episode. And a great a continuation to the storyline um, from over the last two years with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Um, it's had so many twists and turns and I know that we haven't heard the last of this one. Expect to see a surprise or two involving these two at TakeOver, uh, giving us a, a better idea of where we're heading leading into NXT TakeOver New York WrestleMania weekend in April. Uh, this was a great show, great episode of NXT. Uh, that tag match between Only Lorkin, Danny Birch versus Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner was off the charts. Uh, I enjoyed watching Io Shirai and Kairi Sane uh, tag together. The match between Bobby Fish and the Velveteen Dream was also a lot of fun. And once again, I loved the segment involving Gargano and Ricochet, Black and Champa setting up their matches perfectly for TakeOver Phoenix. An excellent episode of NXT there. And I, for one... I'm even more hyped for NXT TakeOver Phoenix this Saturday. Finishing Move Limited, specialising in simple, stylish and versatile items to elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. Uh, welcome back to Wrestling with Jonas, and today we've got uh, our first ever interview on the podcast. It's Sean McMahon. Uh, you may know him as the UK promoter of Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling and uh, nothing else on .TV. So uh, welcome, Sean. Welcome to uh, Wrestling with Jonas. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. Uh, so you are known as the UK promoter of Extreme uh, Dwarfinators Wrestling. Is that correct? Yeah, so... Um... The Extreme Dwarfinators Wrestling um, approached us uh, to do a UK tour. Um, my background is PR and marketing. Yep. I look after the Coyotes and Glee Saloons in the UK. Yep. And they want to uh, put a show on in the UK in our venue. So um, we picked up a lot of their PR work and uh, helped with the tour um, last year. Uh, and I'm pleased to say they're, they're coming back this year uh, in April. So yes, absolutely. Lots to look forward to there. So th there was a lot of media coverage around the Dwarfinators Wrestling last September with uh, certain venues cancelling uh, because of a bit of negative feedback. Now, I've always been a firm believer that any publicity is good publicity. Uh, but was it, what was the lasting effect, um, if any, from that media coverage, would you, would you say, Sean? Um, it, it, it helped... Um... I would say a year ago, nobody had heard of dwarf wrestling mm. in the UK, and I think we reached 60% of the UK population. Um, there was just one lobby group that, that was a bit negative towards them, um, and their stance is anybody with dwarfism shouldn't be in the entertainment industry, whether it's wrestling or other forms of entertainment. Yeah. Um, and our argument was, well, these guys are uh, highly trained professionals. Um, they've trained for many years. Um, many of them are second generation. Some of them have been in WWE. Um, so there's no reason why they shouldn't um, perform. Um, they, you know, argued saying they would be ridiculed. Uh, people would go there to poke fun at them. Um, but I think um, after 
they've actually seen the shows, mm. uh, visiting the shows, uh, that turned it on its head and they were like, well, actually, no, this is proper uh, wrestling and they're doing some really incredible stuff. So uh, I know they gained uh, a lot of fans. Um, I'd never been to a wrestling match before. Yeah. Uh, wrestling fans had come along to support them as well and other wrestlers and uh, everyone was blown away by their uh, incredible athleticism, which is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And the media coverage I saw actually uh, demonstrated a very uh, kind of positive, uh, a lot of positivity, both from the wrestlers and yourself um, in terms of what you're doing uh, for entertainment and for wrestling, uh, whether it be for uh, dwarfs or, you know, uh, the standard everyday person. But uh, I I thought it actually ended up looking quite good for you guys. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was very, very good. Uh, Obviously, we filmed the tour as well, um, and that's out on our TV channel uh, from this evening. Um, We've only put out the first uh, Cardiff um, show, um, and we're running that over the next four weeks, and then we're following that up with the debut of the show in Swansea and then followed by the show in Liverpool as well. So um, there's lots to look forward to with with regards to the Dwarfinators and obviously they're coming back in April which is really cool Excellent Yes I've got all the dates for the April tour so I'll go through that a little bit later on in the podcast but uh, if listeners if listeners of uh, Wrestling with Jonas want to go and see the Extreme Dwarfinators wrestling show what are they likely to get for their money so tell us a little tell tell us fans what they're likely to see when the Dwarfinators come to town really really sell it to us now Sean um, so the Dwarfinators, um, it is extreme Dwarfinators wrestling. So it is more ECW style than mm. anything else out there. Um, so there's no uh, disqualifications in majority of their matches. Uh, they're using everything from um, trash cans to uh, wet floor signs. Uh, and, and as you'll see on the on the show, it's, um, it is extreme Dwarfinators wrestling. It is uh, pure entertainment but really 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 good wrestling yeah really good now i've seen you get You've just got to watch it to see it absolutely yep yeah. and now i've seen you get involved in some action with the dwarfinators as well sean uh so you're obviously a huge wrestling fan uh but where did it all start for you as a fan uh, and what was your earliest memories uh, of pro wrestling and what kind of gave you that wrestling bug um i think um watching wrestling on the world of sport days going yeah. along to uh, the town hall in, in Sheffield and watching um, local wrestling there, watching Big Daddy and David Boy Smith, um, Giant Haystacks, Kendo Nagasaki. Uh, from there, I think I was watching AWA wrestling and WWS wrestling back in the day as well. So uh, I've always been into wrestling and watching wrestling. Um, and I've always watched WWE. I'm a huge fan of WWE yeah. as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just taken from there. Uh, yeah. That's right. I mean, it's I... always been there. I was just going to say that I, I think that um, uh, I remember watching the World of Sport, um, sitting at home with my nan, shouting at the TV, and uh, then going to the local town hall, watching All-Stars Wrestling with John Haystacks and Big Daddy and uh, Pat Roach and all them uh, classic wrestlers from the 80s and early 90s. So, uh, yes, I can definitely um, agree with you there. It's a, a fun time to uh, to be a wrestling fan and uh, ever since. But, uh, no, that's great. So... The Extreme Dwarf Native Wrestling, they're back in the UK, as you said, later on this year. Um, so I've got some dates for uh, the listeners here. As you mentioned, they're back in uh, uh, March the 29th in uh, Torquay, um, the Foundry uh, Torquay, then the 31st in Swindon, the 1st of April in Cardiff, and the 2nd in Swansea. And uh, I think you mentioned uh, Liverpool, didn't you, Sean? Are they in Liverpool as well? 
Um, we're still uh, looking at Liverpool. Right. Um, it was a bit cramped for space in Coyote and in Liverpool. Gotcha. So the decision hasn't been made. Although it was probably one of the better shows, even though it was the last show, uh, it was really, really good. Uh, the atmosphere was electric. Um, Liverpool fans are very passionate about wrestling. Yes, indeed they are. So now there's a, a big promotional campaign uh, for the new Nothing Else on .TV premium channel, which launches on the 1st of February. Um, so uh, yes. what, what additional content can viewers expect to see from the new premium service from the 1st of February? Tell us all about it, Sean. Um, so there's a lot of different wrestling channels out there, um, um, but we're slightly different. What we, we're aiming to do is bring uh, global wrestling. Uh, so we are handpicking uh, different wrestling promotions from all over the world. So we've got Northern Storm from Russia. We've got Rockstar Pro and Generation Championship Wrestling from um, America. We've got AWO from Israel. Uh, from China is one where we're making big inroads into. Uh, so we've actually got four promotions on there. Three of them we've announced so far, which is Middle Kingdom Wrestling, King of Pro Wrestling, and uh, OWE. Um, so we've got three already uh, announced. We've got a fourth one being announced shortly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just bringing something different um, for and value uh, to our viewers at the end of the day. Uh, we've also got German Wrestling Federation, PMW from Budapest. So there's a lot of variety on there. Some are in native language, some are subtitles, some are in dual languages. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of variety, to say the least. Indeed. So you mentioned OWE there. Now, that's Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, who were in the headlines a couple of weeks ago, having just uh, signed to work with All Elite Wrestling. So this is quite a big deal for you guys. Uh, what can you tell us about that deal with OWE? Uh, I can't. Oh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> quite, quite an exciting uh, development for, for you and uh, uh, nothing else on .TV. But... Uh, Definitely an organisation that the fans have to go out and check for themselves, basically. Yeah, so OWE are unlike anything else out there, full stop. Yep. Um, for example, they don't only train uh, their competitors with wrestling, they also train them in dance, they also uh, train them in performance, they also do a lot of film training. So it's a lot different to other wrestling organisations out yeah. there. Um, it is a show. Uh, it's, it's more showmanship than a lot of uh, other wrestling companies. Their production values are uh, just immensely brilliant, um, which is, is phenomenal. Uh, there is, uh, We are working on a few bits and pieces with them at the moment with regards to behind-the-scenes looks and a few extra programmes. Um, we're getting programmes a lot quicker uh, onto the channel now, so... Um, where they air in China, I think they've got about 40 million viewers. Wow. Um, in contrast, WWE has got 1.96 subscribers on their uh, channel, I mm. believe, 1.96 million, um, where OWE's got 40 million in China alone. So uh, our, um, we, what we're trying to do is open the doors, uh, not only just to OWE, but also to the other promotions in uh, China to say, look at what these guys are doing. It's phenomenal. Um, so it is unlike everything else that we've seen out there. Um, we are working with them um, on quite a few different projects at the moment, which I can't say too much. Nope. Uh, one of the things a lot of people are asking about is um, 
can we bring oriental wrestling entertainment with English commentary? Um, so that is something that we are working on. Um, we're actually working on the other way around as well. So the Dwarfinators, uh, for example, their programs will soon be available in Mandarin and uh, Cantonese mm. and going out into China. So it's a two-way deal, uh, which is quite cool. Excellent. So being a, a wrestling promoter and working hard on your TV channel, what time do you get to watch uh, wrestling live in person then, Sean? So what promotions do you tend to follow at the weekends? Uh, there's so many good wrestling promotions there is. out there. Um, tonight, I'm supposed to be going to uh, WrestleGate Pro, which I've been looking forward to for such a long time. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there's an emergency uh, come up, which I can't make it. I'm absolutely gutted I can't go to that event. I've been looking forward to it. I've um, I even got my tickets. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to sit in the audience. I'm going to enjoy it. But um, unfortunately, something's come up and I can't go. Um, obviously, um, I'm a big fan of uh, WWE, yeah. NXT, um, TNT in Liverpool. Uh, I, I love I love their products. The, the guys there are really, really good as well. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy watching that. Um, I love watching any work uh, from Natalia Markova as well. Right. Uh, she's currently wrestling in Marvelous Wrestling in Japan. Um, so there's a lot of different uh, styles of wrestling out there, um, which I like looking. I, I like looking at new stuff. Uh, Gali Lucha Libra, uh, for example, in the USA, they're on the channel as well. It's on Lucha Libra, and they've got some awesome um, talents working for them. I mean, the, the top Lucha stars out there are, are on that program which is really cool. Absolutely amazing. So now looking ahead to this weekend, there's a, a big weekend of wrestling ahead, especially if uh, you're a WWE fan, you've mentioned that you are. Uh, will you be watching NXT TakeOver or the Royal Rumble, Sean? And, and if so, what matches are you looking forward to? Um, yeah, definitely watching um, anything that the Velveteen Dream is on. I think uh, as... Um, as an actual star, I think yep. uh, he's got the potential to go really, really well. Uh, I think really so far. too. He's got yeah. my backing. Yeah. He's got my backing. From he's the, the future. Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole's awesome as well. Yeah. Um, the Royal Rumble. Um, I, I, I like watching the Royal Rumble because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and I like the surprises there. I like uh, when somebody is like, <laughs> oh my God, such and such is there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think where, um, where sometimes they miss. Uh, is, is when they don't do that, when they just like, oh, it's that guy, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I think um, last year, I think it was, where everyone was expecting somebody to come out at number 13 <laughs> and everyone started booing. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, they've got a good opportunity with the Royal Rumble. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see if they take it on. I don't know. I think they're going to be two good shows. NXT TakeOver Phoenix, that takes place tonight, and then the Royal Rumble uh, yeah. tomorrow evening on the WWE Network, and uh, we'll be reviewing those two shows on uh, Wrestling with Johnners. So, Sean, um, where can rest, uh, where, where can my listeners get in touch with you on your social media, find out more about Nothing Else on .TV, or get hands-on Extreme Dwarfinated tickets? So, uh, plug time. Uh, where can we get in touch with you and get our hands on the tickets? Okay, so we're on uh, social media everywhere. Um, you can go on to dwarfinator.com to have a look at uh, tickets and shows. They're touring constantly across the USA and obviously in the UK um, this March and April. Yep. Uh, so dwarfinator.com, you can get tickets from there. Uh, for nothing else on TV, we're on every social media channel it is. Indeed. Uh, it only costs $4.99 a month to subscribe to the channel. It's not only wrestling, but it's indie films, classic films, and indie entertainment. Uh, there's so much variety that you get for your money. It's not just wrestling. We've even got live boxing shows 
on the 2nd of February from uh, Newport, South Wales. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, Sean, and hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future. But best of luck with uh, the premium channel going live on the 1st of February and when the Dwarfinators come back to the UK in March and April. And uh, thank you for your time today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Sean McMahon there. And, uh, yep, the Dwarfinators are coming back to the UK in March and April. The tour dates are as follows. Uh, They're coming over. The first date is in Torquay, the 29th of March, at the Foundry in Torquay. Then they're heading over to Swindon at the Mecca on the 31st of March. Then over to Cardiff, uh, the Coyote Ugly Saloon there on the 1st of April. And then over to the Coyote Ugly Saloon in Swansea, uh, Swansea for the 2nd of April. So those four tour dates, just go on to the Extreme Dwarfinators website to book your tickets. And they're back in March. So, as mentioned earlier, we're going to have a quick look at the the cards for uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble, of course. Uh, So let's have a look at the TakeOver card and some of my predictions. Not going to go into too much length for each of these matches, um, but the first match is going to be Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ohno. So their first match was at NXT TakeOver War Games back in November. It was a super quick match. Um, It was an unscheduled match. Matt Riddle uh, knocked Cassius Ono out in six seconds to win that. Uh, they did have a rematch on NXT Taker uh, on NXT TV, sorry, uh, a week or so later, which um, Riddle won also. But then Ono, being a bad loser, being a typical heel, attacked Riddle uh, quite violently on the outside, ran him into the uh, the steel ring steps and uh, beating him up on the outside. Uh, so there's a, you know, a little bit of revenge there for Matt Riddle as well. Uh, this is going to be a, a good contest, a, a close contest. I know that these two wrestlers can definitely go. I predict that Matt Riddle is, is kind of alongside Velveteen Dream, the, the future of this industry. Um, so uh, I, I predict a Matt Riddle win. It won't be easy. There could be a bit of a twist and turn. Could Keith Lee get involved? Could Keith Lee side with Matt Riddle? Could he side with Cassius Ono? I don't know. I don't know for certain. Uh, that'd be interesting to see if he gets involved to give Keith Lee a little bit of a storyline and a little bit of character development, uh, which is much needed as far as he's concerned. Um, I would like to see a Matt Riddle victory there to hopefully uh, cap off that feud. Then the NXT Women's Championship match between Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair. I predict a Shayna Baszler uh, win here, um, although I do expect the uh, f- the other two members of the Force Women, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, to get involved somehow. I do expect Bianca Belair to fend them off, but I do also expect Shayna Baszler to win the match. Uh, so yes, a win there for Shayna Baszler is my prediction. Undisputed Era versus War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, Come out of all the titles that are up for grabs take over this weekend I think this is the one that's most likely to change I do expect Undisputed Era to go up to the main roster soon um, I said earlier in the episode that they'll definitely be going up some point in 2019 it could be sooner rather than later um, I'd be surprised to see them on the main roster before WrestleMania, um, but I do think that they're losing the title here. I do think that uh, Roderick Strong and Kylo Riley are losing the titles here to the War Raiders. This could be the uh, only title change of the night, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. 
Uh, I think Ricochet is keeping this championship. Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed the storyline leading into this match. But the reason why I don't think Johnny Gargano is winning the championship is I think there's uh, more to be told in his storyline, uh, his story arc with Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I don't think he needs a championship at the moment, or certainly not until he's back in contention for the NXT championship. Uh, that's why I think Ricochet is winning. I think Ricochet will, will win. Um, I think... As we've seen in weeks gone by, in months gone by, Johnny Gargano's emotions will get the better of him. Not sure if there'll be any outside interference from anybody else in this match, uh, but I think that Johnny Gargano and his emotions getting the better of him will lead to Ricochet retaining his championship. And I think it will ultimately turn around to Johnny Gargano uh, being the ultimate underdog, the ultimate babyface once again, uh, ultimately leading to him defeating Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship at NXT New York. There you go. I've gone out on a limb and I've said it. I think Johnny Gargano will be the one to uh, dethrone Tommaso Ciampa at uh, NXT New York WrestleMania weekend to cap off that two-year, two-and-a-half-year-long storyline. So with that, uh, that that takes us to the main event of NXT TakeOver. Phoenix, Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black. Yes, I think Tommaso Ciampa's retaining. I can't see Alistair Black winning for two reasons. One, I think he's going up to the main roster very soon, possibly before WrestleMania. He could well be an entrant in this year's Royal Rumble, and I'll get onto that in a minute. Two, I think we're going to see an appearance from Johnny Gargano. Just my kind of gut instinct. I think after he loses to Ricochet, I don't think he's going to be able to let it go. And somehow he's going to come out, interfere with Alistair Black, interfere with Tommaso Ciampa. Hey, I don't know. Potentially Johnny Gargano's interference could backfire in the same way that it backfired when Alistair Black lost the championship a few months ago uh, when Tommaso Ciampa first won the title. Um, it could backfire this time the other way around where Alistair Black could win the championship from Tommaso Ciampa. But as I said, I think that the full storyline arc of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa has to involve Gargano winning the championship as a uh, white meat superhero babyface um, that he was up until six months ago when uh, he allegedly uh, attacked Alistair Black in the parking lot. I think it's going to be an incredible card. I've not seen a bad takeover card uh, since they started airing these on the WWE Network however many years back. Um, I do think this one could be uh, another stand-up performance. The card on the surface of things looks a little bit samey. You've got Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle. We've seen that twice before. Uh, War Raiders, I don't think they're quite clicking with a lot of the fan base yet, but uh, tonight could be their opportunity to, to click with the audience and to really uh, give us a, a real demonstration of what they're capable of. We know that Undisputed Era, Kyler Riley, Roger Strong can't have a good match. They've had some outstanding matches, certainly last year, against Mustache Mountain in their incredible series of matches with those and against Only Lorcan and Danny Birch in their incredible takeover match there. And uh, I think the Undisputed Era will drag out an amazing match from War Raiders. And they're fantastic wrestlers in their own right. We just haven't seen the best of them yet. Uh, really looking forward to Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. But I, I think Baszler's retaining. Ricochet, I think, is walking away with uh, the win there. Uh, retaining his North American Championship against Gargano. And I think Tommaso Ciampa is going to end the night as reigning NXT champion 
over Alistair Black, and I think there's going to be some sort of interference from Johnny Gargano. Let's have a quick look at the Royal Rumble. Uh, the pre-show matches, first of all, you've got a four-way for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship with champion Buddy Murphy defending his title against Hideo Itami, Cedric Alexander and Akira Tozawa. So this should be a stellar match, and I think that it could steal not just the pre-show, but I think it could steal the, the whole show uh, for being one of the matches of the night, if not the match of the night, all four incredible matches, uh, wrestlers, and... Um, Buddy Murphy, of course, is the reigning champion, but Itami, Alexander and Tozawa are previous cruiserweight champions uh, since the inception of the championship a couple of years back. Um, I think if there were to be a new champion, oh, I want to correct myself there, it Itami hasn't won the championship yet and I think he's walking away as the champion tonight. I think he could be um, the, the one of the four that hasn't won it so far that will be walking away with the championship. There you go, I'm going out on a limb, Hideo Itami will win the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, <laughs> it's always a shame to see a, a title change hands on the pre-show, it could very well happen on this occasion. I believe that out of the four, Hideo Itami is probably the most deserving of the wrestlers, um, having not won a championship since joining the WWE three or four years ago. Buddy Murphy's been a great champion. He could very well retain soon after. Uh, Hideo Itami is my guy tonight, though. The second of the two pre-show matches involves the US Championship. Current champion Rusev going up against former champion Shinsuke Nakamura. What's happened to Nakamura? 12 months ago, he was riding high. He won the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, was going off to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Um, he had had several failed World Championship uh, attempts before then, when Jinder Mahal was the champion, for example. I couldn't get a, a win against him for love nor money. But after winning the Royal Rumble, losing to AJ Styles at WrestleMania, then losing to AJ Styles in their subsequent matches. He's really dropped down the card. And yes, I was pleased for him when he won the US Championship, but I, he, he's, he's since lost it. And now he's gone from closing the show at Royal Rumble last year to being on the pre-show uh, this year uh, against Rusev. Um, I think it's a tricky one. I think... I think Rusev is retaining because I think the next champion will be Andrade, formerly Cianelis. Uh But Andrade could be the, the next champion. If Shinsuke Nakamura wins tonight, I can see him losing the US title to Rey Mysterio, who will then lose it to Andrade. So I think that Andrade is certainly in the loop for winning the title fairly soon. Uh, Rey Mysterio being added into the mix. It will be an interesting one, but I'm going to say Rusev retains tonight. The Bar versus The Miz and Shane McMahon, an interesting one. Uh, that one's going to be for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, I like The Bar. I think The Miz and Shane McMahon have taken a lot of people by surprise on how they've gelled, how their relationship has formed, uh, how they're getting over as babyfaces, certainly with the, the Miz being in, a, in an unfamiliar role as a babyface. It's a tricky one. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the title changes hands here. I'm going to say The Miz and Shane McMahon beat the bar in a, a, a quite a, an exciting match um, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Asuka versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, I think that the stories going around the internet has been all about Becky Lynch uh, being involved in the main event at WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey and possibly a triple threat with Charlotte being involved. For that to be the case, 
uh, either Ronda Rousey would have to go onto the SmackDown brand where Becky Lynch and Charlotte are currently, or Becky Lynch somehow would have to go onto the Raw brand uh, to face Ronda Rousey. So which way round could it be? Becky Lynch might win the SmackDown Championship for the third time, going into WrestleMania as the champion, um, and uh, Ronda Rousey could potentially um, enter the Royal Rumble. Charlotte could potentially enter the Royal Rumble. They could, they could, uh, one of them could win it, and then the other one get involved somehow. Uh, we've got um, Fast Lane and uh, Elimination Chamber as the two pay per views before WrestleMania. <sighs> Honestly, I think Asuka's winning. I think she's retaining her championship. And I think Becky Lynch and Charlotte will have a good run in the Royal Rumble match on the same evening. So we'll talk more about that in a second. But I think Asuka's retaining and going to WrestleMania as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the uh, SmackDown WWE World Championship. An interesting one. I really don't want to see AJ Styles as a champion again. He had a, a long run uh, last year. The new Daniel Bryan has been the uh, revelation of the WWE over the last few months. His uh, character, his gimmick, he's really taken off. Uh, best promo guy in the company at the moment. And pulling out some of the best matches as well. I think Daniel Bryan's retaining. Not sure who's going on to face at WrestleMania. Um, but AJ Styles will be involved in a different feud after this match. I think that this will cap off their, their series of matches and their feud at the end of the Rumble. Ronda Rousey's versus Sha Sasha Banks. This is an easy, easy one. For me, it can't be Sasha Banks. For me, it's got to be Ronda Rousey. She's got to be going into WrestleMania as the champion, in my opinion. Hence what I said earlier. I believe Rousey's going to WrestleMania as the Raw champion. And somehow it gets it transpires that Charlotte and Becky Lynch will face her in a triple threat. I'm not sure how that's going to happen yet. I do have a little bit of a plan, and I'll explain that in a moment. Ronda Rousey is going over in this match. The final singles match um, before the Rumble matches themselves, you've got Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. And Finn Balor, of course, is the uh, last-minute replacement, a uh, couple, of, couple of episodes of Raw ago, uh, replacement to Braun Strowman. This should be an easy win for Brock Lesnar in theory. He should go over against Finn Balor in the same way that he did with AJ Styles, uh, Survivor Series in 2017, and Daniel Bryan, Survivor Series 2018. However, there's a lot of people saying that this is Finn Balor's time. And although he's the smaller of the two, um, he deserves uh, kind of a, another run with the title, a lot of people are saying. Um, and if uh, if any of the titles are likely to change, it could be this one. It could be a bit of a swerve, could be a bit of a shock. Um, honestly, I'm going to say Brock Lesnar wins, but I would absolutely um, be over the moon if Finn Balor wins the championship on Sunday night. That's going to be an interesting one. And Brock Lesnar always performs well with uh, guys like the Daniel Bryans and the Finn Balors of this world. So this is going to be an amazing match. The bigger question is, will Finn Balor come out as the Demon? I'd like to see uh, him come out as a demon. He hasn't lost as the demon, certainly not, since coming up to the main roster. I think that could be a really stellar match. And uh, yeah, like all the matches previously, this is another standout match on this very, very good card. On to the Men's Raw Rumble. Uh, entrance that we're aware of so far, you've got Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, uh, Titus World Slide. Uh, will he make another botch getting into the ring this time, like he did at the Greatest Royal Rumble 
in Saudi Arabia. You've got Baron Corbin, um, almost certainly going to be a part of it. Kofi Kingston, how will he uh, evade elimination this time round? Bobby Lashley, and of course we know our um, truth is going to be in there as well as the 30th uh, entrance, providing he doesn't come out, number 13, the Women's Rumble, of course. Names that haven't been mentioned so far that I expect to be in there. Kurt Angle, yes, um, I think he will be. Lars Sullivan, possibly. Um, I know that there's been uh, a lot of stories going around that he uh, hasn't shown up to the last couple of Raws because of uh, a serious anxiety issue that he has. I think he'll be in the Rumble, and I think that will be his official debut. EC3, I expect that to be his official debut as well. Don't be surprised if you see The Undertaker and Kane there, possibly to start some kind of storyline, not between the two of them, of course, but some sort of storyline going into uh, WrestleMania. Uh, we always expect to see The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and usually he comes back around uh, this time of year, around the Royal Rumble, to... Um, start a bit of a storyline feud with somebody in the Rumble. That could be interesting to see what happens there. I briefly alluded to earlier, Alistair Black possibly coming up to the main roster. And I think this could be his opportunity um, to make a, a very strong debut at this year's Royal Rumble. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Pete Dunne in the Royal Rumble. I know that he's over in Phoenix. Uh, he's joined the WWE on a full-time contract now, so he's no longer working independent dates along with Tyler Bate. Don't expect to see Tyler Bate uh, in the Rumble. He's going to be in the World's Collide uh, Tournament uh, on Royal Rumble Access. But Pete Dunne, yes, I do expect him to be in the Rumble. He's been the longest reigning modern-day champion in WWE history. <clears throat> and uh, as the current UK champion for over six hundred days i'd love to see pete dunn be in the rumble i think he deserves it could we see some nxt call-ups uh not necessarily uh call-ups to the main roster but uh appearances in the rumble maybe a matt riddle maybe a tomaso champa maybe a velveteen dream one name i'm going to throw out there that i wouldn't mind seeing in the rumble and i'm going to say it uh walter i think walter could be in the rumble this year uh he's a big guy quite uh, an intimidating guy and I think he's kind of made for um, this sort of match who knows I'm going out on a limb but uh, more than anything I'd love to see Pete Dunne in the Rumble the Women's Royal Rumble I'm not going to go into all the entrants all the names that have been announced I'm focusing on two names in particular Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair I think it could be them too as the final two in the Rumble which one will win who knows? I really want Becky Lynch to be in the main event of WrestleMania. I'd love Charlotte Flair to be there as well. I think that their triple threat they had with Asuka um, at TLC was outstanding. And I think Charlotte Flair has been a real revelation. She's been an outstanding women's champion in the past. But I think that she's really turned up the dial in the last few months with her emotion, her character, her emotional kind of uh, anger side kind of coming out of her uh, matches uh, which has really given her a lot more strength and depth to her character. Could we possibly see a similar finish to what we saw with uh, it Bret Hart and Lex Luger back in 94? Or very similar to Batista and John Cena back in 05, where we see them taking each other over the top rope with their feet touching the floor at exactly the same time? Who knows? 
maybe that would be a great finish and that would kind of explain how we could potentially get to Ronda versus Becky versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. So I don't know about you, but I'm totally hyped for this weekend's offering from the WWE. And uh, for once, I think I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble more than I'm looking forward to TakeOver. Usually it's the other way around. Uh, and I feel a little bit guilty in saying that, but I'm pretty... But if you look at every match on the Rumble card, um, even including the two Rumble matches, which are looking uh, very intriguing in themselves, it's a stacked card. It's an absolutely stacked card. One of the, one of the most uh, exciting cards I've seen from the WWE in a long, long time. Nevertheless, uh, it will be an amazing weekend of wrestling for pro wrestling fans. And know that TakeOver will deliver like it always does anyway. So that draws an end to this episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Um, a bit of a, a longer episode than usual. Um, we, of course, had the interview with uh, Sean McMahon earlier on. So thank you once again, Sean. Uh, don't forget to visit Sean's social media pages to find out more about uh, nothing else on .tv. And when the Extreme Dwarfinators come back to the UK in March and April, check out their tickets by going to the Extreme Dwarfinators website for ticket details. Uh, so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did, please don't forget to hit subscribe and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family and keep listening to Wrestling With Jonas for all of your weekly NXT UK and NXT updates. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcast. Um, if, if you have any questions and want to get in touch with the show, email the show wrestlingwithjonas at gmail.com. Uh, you can visit our Twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod. Visit our YouTube page and you can listen to our YouTube on our YouTube page. Or see all of my videos from my time in New Orleans in April over WrestleMania weekend last year. You can now follow Wrestling With Johnners on Instagram at Wrestling With Johnners. As simple as that. So I'll be back with another episode fairly soon covering NXT TakeOver. And I think we're going to do a special episode after that covering uh, WWE Royal Rumble. So they're all to come. Um, and in the meantime, stay safe and uh, enjoy the wrestling over the weekend. Take care and see you all soon. Mm-hmm.